I'm Chad Roberts, and I'm so glad you're joining me today on Awaken to Grace because we are walking through the Lord's Prayer. Today we're in Matthew 6.10. We're going to study the phrase where Jesus taught us how to pray, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Friends, every word of this verse has great truth and great significance. And we're going to unfold it all today, and we're going to learn many, many principles about what the kingdom of God is and practical ways that we can keep the kingdom of God and the will of God the priority of our lives. Well, I hope you enjoy this episode of Awaken to Grace. And if you have never emailed me, I want to encourage you to send me an email. Let me know where you're listening from and what the Lord's doing in your life. And if so, how the sermons of Awaken to Grace are helping you in your walk with the Lord. You can always email me at pastorchadroberts at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Now, let's take our Bibles. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6 and let's study this portion of the Lord's Prayer together. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Today we continue part two of our study through the Lord's Prayer that we are calling Kingdom Come. Last week we were in verse 9, and let me just recap for 30 seconds. We examined the words of Jesus where he said, Our Father. We talked about what a personal God that he is. The fatherhood of God. That he is our Father. Indicating that you and I are part of a much, much larger family. You know, no one has God cornered. (laughs) No one can say, well, I'm God's favorite. Or God, God has me special because I've been saved, oh, so many decades. Or I've accomplished all of this. Or I have all this knowledge, whatever. No. We are the family of God and God loves us all equally. Amen. We talked about the implications of God being our, the family of God, Father, the fatherhood of God, Who art in heaven. We talked about why God is different than our earthly fathers. He's our heavenly father. God will never disappoint you. God will never let you down. God will never abandon you. God will never forsake you. God is a heavenly father. He is not an earthly father. He's not a man that he should lie. Or forsake his own. Then we talked about hallowed. Be your name. What's it mean to hallow the name of God? We talked about what worship is, what reverence is. We talked about having the right view, the right perspective of who God is as our Father in heaven. Now today, I want to lay out chapter 6, verse 10 in this part 2. I want to focus on Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you're going to take notes today, I'm going to give you many things to write down. And I want you to follow with me. And uh, I want you to, to walk away with many things today. Number one, I want you to note this. 
When you get the Lord's Prayer, when you really get it right, here's what we discover. God's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer here, is really about God's interest. Being human, very often you and I put our needs first, right? We come to God with our concerns. We come to God with our burdens. And make no mistake, the Bible invites us to do so. The Bible teaches casting all your care upon Him because He cares for you, 1 Peter 5, 7. The Bible says that making all prayer with supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, Philippians 4. The Bible invites us to pray. You have not because you ask not, James, right? I mean, yes, the Bible invites us to pray, but make no mistake. And here's why this is the model prayer. Here's why this is called the Lord's Prayer. is because there is a divine order to prayer. And the divine order is God's interest above my interest. And the concept here is when we, get, when we get this right and we put God's interest above our own, then God takes care of our interests. See, you can really divide the Lord's Prayer into two parts. You have our needs, which is give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Those are our concerns, our needs. But before you see our needs, we see God's desires. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you see, my friends, when you get the divine order correct, when you put God's interest above your interest, then God takes care of all of your interest. Does that make sense today? Then you don't worry about your daily bread. You don't worry about those temptations. You don't worry about where you're going in life. You don't worry about such things. Why? Because you're fully invested in God's interest. That's the divine order that Jesus teaches us in the model prayer. So let's understand it. What is the kingdom? Well, let's define the kingdom. I have two running definitions that I like to use in my own life. So let's, let me give you the first one. The kingdom of God is the spiritual, it is the spiritual realm of God's dominion. It is the spiritual realm of God's dominion. Now, the Bible teaches that God is in heaven, right? We know He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. But the Bible says that God is in heaven. That is the realm of God's dominion. Now, what about the earth? Yes, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they who dwell therein. That's what Psalms teaches. But see, now that's the earth. What about this? What about the world, the system of the world, the influence, the culture? Let's say it that way. The culture. What is that? See, what happened when God gave man his authority in the Garden of Eden, and when man chose sin, you know what we did? We forfeited our authority to Satan. Now the Bible calls him the God of of this world. What does that mean? The culture. 
the influence. Let me ask you a question. Is the culture more godly or less godly just in the last 20 years? Who's the influencer of that? The God of this world. Right? Now, the realm of God's domain is in the heavenlies. The war that is taking place is here on the earth. Now, let me show you why the words of Jesus, why the implications are so so important. Jesus taught us to pray. Thy kingdom. And what is that? The realm of God's domain. Come. Your will be done on earth. Where Satan is the God of this world. As it is in heaven. Now think about this my friends. In heaven there is absolutely no resistance to the will of God. In heaven, there is absolutely no rebellion toward the will of God. Can you imagine what heaven is going to be there when you and I get, what what it will be when you and I get there? Can you imagine what it's going to be to worship God without this flesh? To worship God without the temptations? To worship God without the failures? To worship God without the sin? Can you imagine what it is to be in a place like heaven where there is absolutely no presence, let alone no struggle with sin? In heaven, the realm of God's domain, there is no resistance, there is no rebellion of the will of God. Now let me give you my favorite definition of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, oh, you should write this down. It is the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ being exercised. Oh, don't miss this. It's the reign and the rule of Jesus Christ being exercised. So, Chad, what are you talking about? I'm talking about when someone that is burdened by their sins come to Jesus Christ in faith for the repentance and the salvation of their sin. And when they lay down their life and they say, Lord, I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my Master. I want you to be my Lord. Do you know what that is? That's the reign and the rule of Jesus being exercised on the earth. When someone filled with anger lets go and replaces that with the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. You know what that is? That's the reign and the rule of Jesus being exercised on the earth. When someone filled with lust crucifies it to the cross and says, no God, I desire to walk in the purity of Jesus Christ. Do you know what that is? That is the reign and the rule of Jesus being exercised on the earth. Can we say amen? When we replace jealousy and we replace greed and we replace unforgiveness and all of these sinful things and when we replace it with the fruits 
of the Holy Spirit with love and joy and peace and kindness and long-suffering and meekness and patience. And when these beautiful things began to produce in our life, friends, that is thy kingdom, the realm of God's dominion coming to the earth in your life and my life. And that is the will of God being done. Amen. No resistance, no rebellion toward the will of God. Oh, I want that in my life. And what a difference if we would take our temporary needs and set them to the side and say, No, God, your kingdom, your will be done. What a prayer. And do you see what you do? You take God's desires and you put them above your needs. You make God's interest your interest. If eternity is really eternal, should we not have an eternal perspective? Should we not value things that God values? I asked my Google device the other day. I keep up with stocks and all that stuff. And I was curious about gold. And I asked Google the other day what the price of gold is. Anybody know the price of gold? It's about $1,700 per ounce. $1,700 per ounce. And you know what the Lord reminded me of? You know what the Bible says of heaven? The streets are paved with gold. You know why? Because the thing that is of the most value on this earth is of the least value in the kingdom. And the things that money can't buy, joy, peace, contentment, happiness, The things money can't buy are the things that God gives in abundance. Do you have an eternal perspective? Do you value the kingdom? Do you live for the kingdom? You know, I I do many funerals, and I've done several here lately. I was thinking the other day, I've never had a family. I always ask the family, are there specific things you would like for me to share? I just had the privilege of doing the memorial service for Michelle's grandmother. And when I asked, what would you like said? She's 95, amen. You know, many people don't have the privilege of growing old. She's 95. And I asked, what would you like shared? And you know what they said? They said, will you tell people she read her Bible every day? Will you tell people? And matter of fact, they had me sing it. Will you tell them her favorite hymn was in the garden? You know what, friends? I've never had a family member come to me and say, "Um, Pastor Chad, uh, would you mind to share how much their net worth was? I've never had anyone say, would you mind to share uh, what kind of 401k they built up? How many homes they owned? Oh, would you share about their boat? Oh, praise God. Oh, what a boat. (laughs) I've never had anyone 
ask for anything like that. Friends, if you and I are going to live for eternity, and we will because we're created in the eternal image of God, should we not view and should we not value the things that are eternal? So here's what Jesus told us. Look with me in the same chapter, verse 33. Matthew 6, 33. So here's what Jesus teaches. He says, seek first, everybody say first, the kingdom of God. Now what's the kingdom? The realm of God's domain. And what is the kingdom coming to earth? The kingdom on the earth is the reign and the rule of Jesus being exercised. Seek first the will of God is what he's saying. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what's going to happen? Then all these things will be added to you. What things? The things that Jesus is talking about in chapter 6. The things you worry about. The things that concern you. The things that you keep you up at night. In that culture, it was clothes, and it was food, and it was, you know, in our day, it would be college, and it would be house payments, and it would be retirement, and things like that. doesn't matter. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and then all the things that you worry about, God will add to you. So let me share with you today four simple things that will help us Take this prayer and action. Four things that will allow us to say, God, your kingdom, your realm of dominion being exercised in me. Four things that will help us stay on track. Number one, if you're going to note this, four practical things. Give God the first thoughts of your day. Give God the first thoughts of your day. Now, Sadie and I are as opposite as opposite can be. Anybody else marry anybody opposite? Opposites really do attract. Sadie and I are so different. We, uh, and I'll tell you what, she's not here this morning, so I'll talk about her. Does she not do a phenomenal job managing all that she manages? I mean, our kids are wild. They act like her half the time. But they're wild. But boy, I mean, she manages everything. And she does such an amazing job, doesn't she? Here lately, I've gotten so many emails from new people. I started to tell you that in the beginning. I get all these guest emails, people, how much they love the surface, how much they enjoyed coming. And I'm, te- I'm not exaggerating. You can go back and ask her to, read, to let you see them. All these guest emails. Oh, the church was, our visit was so wonderful. Oh, it's what we're looking for. And I'm telling you, not one mention of me or my sermon. It hurts my feelings a little bit, but whatever. But they're all Sadie. Sadie welcomed me. Sadie made me feel like I'm at home. Boy, isn't that wonderful? And our whole guest service team, boy, you guys, we had a meeting yesterday morning, and 
I got to share with them how many guests have come. And, and it's because, a big part of it's because of them. Their hospitality is top notch. Anyways, that's a rabbit trail. Uh, my point, Sadie and I are so vastly different. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the main thing we have in common is Jesus. Other than that, we're, you should listen to our marriage podcast. You guys listening to the marriage podcast? It, well, you'll see. We're very, very different. I get up in the mornings. Now, she doesn't like to talk in the mornings until she's had a couple of cups of coffee. She wants to, she, she don't like to think she wakes up and I ask a hundred questions. Hey, did we get that done? Hey, have you thought about this? I've been thinking about this. What if we do this in August? What do you think about this? What do you think about that sermon series? And she's like, don't talk to me till I've had my coffee. <laughs> Are you all like that? Some of you like that. Now, see, I'm very different. I wake up in the morning. My best thoughts are first thing. My sharpest thinking is first thing in the morning. My best decisions are made first thing in the morning. Now listen, no matter what personality type you are, here's the principle. Psalm 5, 3. Give your mornings to the Lord. Give them to God. Do you wake up and first thing you do, turn on the news? Oh, I'm bad for that sometimes. And you know what? The Lord will convict me. The Lord will say, do you really want the first thing that you consume to be the news? Mm. Give God the first of every day. I like to say it like this. Don't face your day until you've been face-to-face with God. It's a great principle. Don't face your day until you've first been face-to-face with God. Give The first of every day to the Lord. Here's another way. Number two, this is a great practical way to make the kingdom the first priority. Number two, give the first day of the week to the Lord. Are you in the Lord's house every Sunday? Now, Sunday's not the Sabbath. Saturday's the Sabbath. Sunday is the Lord's day. Acts 20, verse 7. Do you give the first of your week to God? Let me tell you, if you want a good regimen, if you want a good rhythm to your life, start your day right by giving God the first of it. Start, start, your, excuse me, start your week right by giving God the first day of it. Don't make it legalistic. Don't make it chore. No, 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 no. But say, God, as I start this week on this Sunday, I'm going to be in the Lord's house. I'm going to go and I'm going to worship you. And I'm going to learn from your word. I'm going to go and serve. I'm going to go and love on somebody. I'm going to go and make new friends and new brothers and sisters in the Lord. I'm going to go pour out so that you may pour into me. Give your first part of the day to the Lord. Give your first day of the week to the Lord. And I'm telling you, your weeks will begin to turn around. Number three, give the first of your income to the Lord. What a wonderful scripture. Proverbs chapter 3. I've always loved Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, lean not upon your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. 
What a great verse. But let me tell you what verse 8 and 9 say. Uh, I'm sorry, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all of your produce. What a tremendous principle. You know, I, I share on our Awakened to Grace app, I share a series, a little short series called The Joy of Giving. And in it, I share very transparently how giving was a major struggle for me and Sadie. You know, we gave all of our time, we give all of our energy, we give all of our focus to the Lord. But when it comes to tithing, boy, we failed. Several years ago, we turned the ship and we got it right. And let me tell you, let me tell you, verse 10 is as true as verse 9. Verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth. Remember some months ago we talked about that word honor? We were, we were studying the verse that says honor one another. And we said the word honor is when you esteem someone. It's, in other words, it's when you put someone's needs above your own. So if I'm going to honor you, I'm going to be more considerate of your needs than I am of my needs. Do you know what it means when we honor the Lord with our wealth? Don't miss this. Thy kingdom come. Seek first the kingdom. You know what we do when we tithe to the Lord? We put God's kingdom above our daily bread. Amen. We put God's kingdom above the mortgage and above the rent above the car payment, above the vacation, above the groceries. And you may scratch your head and say, Chad, that doesn't make sense. No, it does when you understand. Our Heavenly Father knows all that we have need of. Amen. Honor the Lord with your possessions. And listen, you want to get things right. Give God the first part of your day. Give God the first part of your week. Give God the first fruits, the first part of your income. What does the word first fruits mean? It means that you bring your first to the Lord. God began to teach me, Chad, I mean, we would give if we could. And you want the Lord taught me? Chad, you're giving me what's left, not what's right. God said, reverse it. Give me what's right. And live on what's left. Because he, here, my friend, here's the beauty. Verse number 10. Then your barns will be filled with plenty. Isn't that a promise? You're going to have everything that you need. When the order is right. Give God what's right. Some people say it like this. And, and I, I think this is right. A lot of us eat our cake and give the Lord the crumbs. Don't eat the cake and give the Lord the crumbs. Give the Lord your first fruits. And when you do that, God's going to take care of you. Amen? So, give God the first part of your day, Psalm 5, 3. Give God the first part of your week. Acts, uh, come on, Chad, get the download. What would I say? I couldn't hear you. I still couldn't hear you. 
Ah, Acts 20, verse 7. Thank you. I heard 7. That's all I could make out. Give God the first of your income. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Listen, number 4. Give God the first consideration in all of your decisions. Now listen, 2 Corinthians 8, 5. The Bible says they gave themselves to the Lord. Do you give God the first consideration in every decision? You know, if, if you've made the mistake that I've so often made, I've made decisions and then asked God to bless them. Again, there's an order, friends, right? There's a divine order. And sometimes I get that order out of sync. I have been prone to make key decisions, big decisions, and then ask God for his favor. No, what I should have done is had the order right, and I should have given God the first consideration as I've devoted myself to the Lord and given myself to him. I should give God the first consideration of every decision that I make. Where I'm going to live, where I'm going to work, who I'm going to marry... Listen, don't just make decisions. Give God the first consideration and say, God, is this your will? And then, you know what the beauty of that is? You know what the comfort of that is? When you have big decisions to make around job and money and children and marriage and family and retirement and all these huge pieces of the puzzle of our lives, you know where the real comfort comes? is when your interest is God's interest and you're seeking first the kingdom of God and you're praying your kingdom come, then as you pray, your will be done, then you can walk with confidence. Amen? Because your heart's right and because you're seeking the will of God. And even if things don't pan out like you thought they would, if God doesn't allow things to go as smooth as what you had hoped, whatever the case, you have the confidence that you sought the will of God and things are going accordingly to how God desires them to go. What a, that's a blessed thing in life. Now, lastly, I close with this. So Jesus teaches us to seek first the kingdom of God. He teaches us to make God's interest our primary interest. And then God takes care of all of our interest. I want to close with this. If you are like me and most every other human, you struggle with worry. Don't we so often struggle with worry? But listen, as I've incorporated these principles into my life, I'll be very honest with you. And I don't say this in a prideful way. I worry less and less. And less, and less, and less. Let me give you a great definition of worry. Here's just a few more things to take note of. Worry is when you make things first and God last. Worry is when you make things first. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough of this. Or enough of that. Worry is when you put things first and God last. 
Faith is when you put God first and things last. God can give you all the things he needs you to have. Amen? Now, let me share with you just a few real quick things. Number one, worry is needless. For a Christian, worry really is needless. Why is it needless? You know what Jesus says about the birds of the air? He says, look at the birds. They neither labor nor toil. They don't sow. They don't reap. And yet, your, what's he say? Heavenly Father feeds them every day. Now, isn't that something? You know, the richest man in the world could not feed every bird on this planet. It would bankrupt him. And yet Jesus does it day in and day out. Your heavenly Father knows what you need. It's needless. Number two, worry is useless. (laughs) Jesus said, listen, what man by worrying can add one inch to his height? It's needless. It's useless. If you could change whatever it is you're worrying about, if you could do something to change it, then do it. But you know what? For most things we worry about, there's nothing we can do. It's useless to worry about it. You see what I'm saying? A woman said one time, she said, well, no, worrying does help because most of what I worry about never happens. That's wrong thinking. Worry is needless. It's useless. Listen, worry is senseless. It doesn't make sense. Is God your father? Do you desire his will? Is God faithful? Is God true? Are his promises yes and amen? then it's senseless. It doesn't make sense to always worry. Worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't take you anywhere. (laughs) Lastly, and here's the worst of them all, worry is faithless. That's the worst. It's needless, it's useless, it's senseless. Faithless. And why is it faithless? Because God invites us as His children, casting all your care upon Him. Why? Because He's your Heavenly Father. Why? Because His kingdom has come in you. (laughs) Why? Because His will is being done in you. Because He cares. We're sorry for our worry. Oh, God. We repent of it, Lord. Those things that are within our control, well, God, help us to whip into shape and control. And God, those things that are far outside 
of the realm of our control. God, they are in the realm of your domain. And that's why with such confidence, Lord, we can say, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God, may your kingdom be exercised in me. Your reign and your rule. Your domain. God, may there be no resistance in me. No rebellion in me. No faithlessness in me, Lord. But God, may you exercise your power. Exercise your domain. Exercise your great will, oh God. Exercise it in about and your eyes closed perhaps today you would like to come and kneel around this altar or sit or stand whatever you need to do maybe you just want to slip out of your seat come forward and say God exercise your will in me you come now you just come and pray maybe today you want to go home different Maybe today you've been carrying a burden far too heavy. And yet Jesus says, come and take my yoke upon you. For it is easy and my burden is light. Trade your burdens today. Maybe you need to come today and consecrate yourself anew and afresh. And say, God, this has had me distracted. This has had me distracted. But God, today, I'm making your kingdom the priority. Maybe you don't give God the first day of the week. Maybe you don't give God the first of the morning. Maybe you've withheld the first of your income. Maybe you don't give God the first considerations. And today you want to come and say, God, today you're priority. Today you're the first. I give you what's right and not what's left. Perhaps you're in a decision today. Maybe you're in the throes of a great decision and you don't know God's will. Well, seek his kingdom, my friend. Come today and let the kingdom be exercised. Let the realm of God's domain be exercised in your heart and in your mind and in your will, in your emotions and in your decisions, in your life, in your marriage, in your parenting, in your employment, in your finances. Let the realm of God's domain be inside of you. God, we yield today. God, we surrender today. God, we obey today. Lord, we, we, we take serious these words, God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done right here in us, in our lives, in this church, oh God, on the earth as it is heaven with no resistance and no rebellion oh God oh God may we never resist your will 
Perhaps today you've been resisting nudges from the Holy Spirit. Nudges where the Holy Spirit's telling you, do this, obey this, go here, be part of this, talk to this person, give this, submit this, give up that. Maybe you've resisted. Friends, don't resist the will of God. Maybe God's convicted you of a sin. Maybe God's convicted you of an attitude. Maybe God's convicted you of something of the past you won't let go of. Maybe God's convicted you of a memory. Maybe God's convicting you right now of an addiction. Let the kingdom of God come inside of you. Let God's will be done. Maybe you're contemplating leaving your spouse. Maybe you're walking away from your children. Let the kingdom of God come inside of you. Let God's will be done in Jesus' name. Put God's desires above yours. Above yours. Above yours. Above yours. Hallelujah, God. Work in our hearts today, God. Work in our lives. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we yield to you. Oh, God, we submit to you. Your will, not ours. Your way, not ours. You are the potter, God. We are the clay. You are the creator. We are the creation. You are the father. We are the children. You are the shepherd. We are the sheep. And we yield in every way. We yield in every way. In every regard. In every manner. In every aspect, God, we withhold nothing from you, God. We withhold nothing, not a thing, not our thought life, not our heart, not our health, not our decisions, not our, even our emotions, God, not our ambitions and not our plans, not our resources. We withhold nothing from the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Nothing. Nothing. Thy kingdom come in me, God. When you walked the earth, Jesus, and you healed people in the Gospels, you would tell them the kingdom has come near to you. Thank you, God, that the kingdom is within us. The kingdom, the kingdom of God, oh, you invite us in. Us liars, <laughs> us thieves, us poor, us naked and blind and wretched 
and crippled and lame. You invite us into the kingdom of God. How can we ever keep you out of our lives when you invite us in? So no, Lord, today we pray with new fire. Today, God, we pray with new fervency. Today, God, we pray with new revelation. Today, we pray with a new understanding, a new insight. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are there sweeter words? Are there truer words? Like Peter, Lord, where would we go For only you have the words of eternal life. Where would we go? Where would we go? We come to you.